Modern Christian dads, modern Christian dads, modern Christian dads, modern Christian dads, 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 dads. Just a couple of dudes talking news, sports, and guns. What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is episode number 47. We are not going to waste any time. The guys are here. The whole crew is here. We're going to crack open a Mountain Dew ice cold right from the top of the show. Here we go, guys. And as we... It's a new flavor. It's the Holiday Limited Edition, the Merry Mashup. Merry Mashup. The Merry Mashup, the Mountain Dew. Cranberry. Cranberry pomegranate. That's right. Hey, don't start talking yet, Greg. We haven't introduced you yet. I'm just really excited about it. There he is, Mr. Greg Craywick. Hello. Seriously? Seriously, best part of my week right here. (laughs) All right, and Kelly Stevens. Hey, everyone. (laughs) That third fan got switched out now. What happened to that other third fan? uh, Obviously, I've disappointed that person somewhere down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are dudes talking news, sports, and God, so thank you for joining us each and every week. Hey, I hope you guys will go back and listen to some of our other episodes. The last few months, we've been just crushing it, knocking it out of the park. Right, guys? We have. Been awesome. Yeah, we've had great guests from uh, uh, men's ministry to songwriters to authors, all kinds of great stuff. You so become a part of the MCD Nation. Like, share, and subscribe to the Modern Christian Dads podcast. So we're dudes talking news, sports, and God. We're going to dive right into. We had a very controversial weekend, if you will, in many different regards. Let's kind of hang on sports here initially. Let's talk the Steelers Browns fight that just oh, happened man. the other day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that they had fights on there. Right. And, and this had never, ever happened. At least all the commentary and sports shows that I listened to from ESPN to Fox had said that this has never happened before, that someone ripped off a helmet and struck another player with it. So what had happened, setting up the storyline here, is that the Browns were actually winning a game and they were crushing the Steelers. There were six, I believe, six or eight seconds left on the clock. Seriously? Mason Rudolph, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of quarterback of the Steelers is uh, tackled by Miles Garrett of the Browns. You can tell that they're tussling and starting to grab at mask. And then Mason Rudolph tries to rip off, rip off his helmet. He yanks him up. And then Miles Garrett, who's a defensive, the bigger guy of the two, rips off his helmet. And then they get in a fight. And then he just swings it and cracks him in the head with it. And then all hell breaks loose, and it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. I caught the tail end of it, and I was just like, I yeah. can't believe this is like a hockey match. I, or I saw that. I wonder what started that whole thing. I, yeah. I'm still not sure why he would do that. I mean, that's that's pretty serious. That's very serious, and that's kind of the. And it's probably a good thing for the quarterback that he hit him on the bottom part of the yeah. helmet where it's padded, and not yes. like the side mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, because he could have knocked that guy. Yeah, or worse. Or worse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mason Rudolph, I did read that said, uh, whether it was ESPN, I can't remember who reported that first, but said that he is not going to charge, uh, bring charges against him. But that was even Man. an option up to wow. the day or so after because you're striking someone with – uh, a, a weapon, if you will, yeah. that could bring serious damage to the person. And we know the NFL, the last few years, they've become very sensitive to the head area yep. with sure. the movie that came out, concussions, yep. concussion protocol. So they are very sensitive about two things, the head and the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there you have both. And now, you know, <laughs> going forward, when these two teams play each other again, yes. it's going to be a brawl. Yeah. That. yeah. So. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think charges should have been brought forward? I mean, here's a professional sports mm. thing. Should it just be handled under the umbrella of the NFL? 
Yeah. Or it took me back to the malice at the palace, which is it's the 15 year anniversary. Do you remember this? The big fight between the Indiana Pacers and oh. the Detroit Pistons yeah. where uh, Steven Jackson uh, goes up in the stands and there's a huge melee. Oh, That's yeah, actually the yeah. 15 year anniversary of the malice of the palace. And I think they're going to do what they did in that situation. They are going to make the penalty. Miles Garrett was suspended for the indefinitely or for the rest of the season. They also think that he's going to get some additional games the following season. Uh, I think Mason Rudolph, some of those guys got between one and three games. Yeah. But uh, for Miles Garrett specifically, they wanted to make that punishment harsh because they don't want this ever to happen again. Well, what would that be considered? Assault? It's assault. Yeah, with the deadly weapon. weapon. I yeah. mean, they may have to go that way to kind of control some of this stuff. Yeah. Because you know it's not going to get better. I mean, this, this yeah. stuff is progressively getting worse. Yeah. This, I, I listened to a few NFL guys uh, on a talk show, and they, all three of them summed it up as football's a violent sport, yeah. you know, and uh, they said, although this should not have happened. No. They did not believe that uh, there ought to be an arrest and a, assault charges, but it ought to be handled mm-hmm. pretty aggressively yeah, uh, by the I NFL. Agree. Yeah. So uh, obviously it has been. There has been suspensions doled out. And uh, Miles Garrett, I read that he's also going to, um, how do you call it, he's going to fight that or he's going to battle that, see if he can get those games reduced because that's going to be a hefty fine. Six games for him was equated to millions of dollars for that particular indi- individual. But Do those guys get paid per game or is it a contract, like a yearly thing? I don't know how that, how does that construct? They do get paid per game. Per obviously game. it's an annual salary, but sure. that flushes but itself it's, out. Yeah. And, weekly pay so if you're making you know first for some of those guys because there's it's not the nba like i'm nba guy 82 games it's 16 games over that five million etc so that's a big paycheck if you're making 100 200 a game oh i understand i understand him uh you know trying to fight it and try to get it reduced because that's just what you do uh but the video (laughs) Uh, yeah and and that you know you're a professional Yes. You know, there's kids uh, watching. And I, and I understand yeah. getting heated and that kind of thing, but you're a professional. Sure. And uh, you, when you take somebody's helmet, you take any kind of weapon yeah. and hit somebody with it. I'm sorry, yeah. but uh, he should not be playing the rest right. of the year. Which leads to a great question What is your worst breakdown moment in your entire life? That you've had. Oh, wow. I was telling Greg about this. We were at the uh, Carthage Tiger football game, which is a the high school football team in our area here, Southern Missouri Carthage. And I talked to, I was telling him about, I'm a big basketball guy. So when I was in college, uh, I was working with guys, valet parking. We were all basketball guys, and we were talking smack. My manager, and, and he was a Mexican guy, uh, which I'm uh, bringing race into it now. I'm getting in trouble. But he had some brothers, and then me and another guy who was the valet. His name was Toyo. He was like an Asian guy. And so he was my boy. And so my manager, we always talk smack between each other. And so we built this up for months that we were going to have this epic three-on-three basketball game. Me and Toyo, another guy, first, the Mexican brothers, right, mm-hmm. of uh, James and, and this guy. So we finally do it. We set up this Saturday. We get in the park. I mean, we, we're, we're acting like this is NBA basketball or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? This is like the world cares about it. This yeah. is probably pre-YouTube, I think, even. Uh, yeah. And so we get into the game. 
and we're going at it, you know, because all the marbles, all the chips are on the table, right? This is bragging rights at the Valley Parking Booth come yeah. next next week, right? Yeah. And so I remember I drove to the hoop, <laughs> and my manager's brother, like, slams me. Uh, actually, his backyard. He slams me into the garage door, and then I just lost it. And I get up, and I come up swinging and everything. Typical NBA fight. No one really connected with any punches. But we're swinging, and we're yelling at each other, and they got to break it up. And it turns into this big melee, and then we kick each other out, and we had to leave. And <laughs> Uh, it was just a mess. I don't know what happened. All I remember is that I was driving back home and I had my friend Toyo in the car. He was not a Christian, okay? Oh. Everyone else was a Christian. Uh-huh. And I'd witnessed to him, you know, and I was crying. And I'm like, Toyo, I'm so sorry. That's not who Jesus is. I'm sorry. And I legitimately felt so bad because I had this meltdown moment, you know, yeah. Yeah. in front of my friend who I wanted to know Jesus. Yeah. And, wasn't acting you, like Jesus. You had your own malice at the it, palace. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sound, it sounded like a West Side story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, have you ever had one of those moments, guys? I mean, come on. I can't be the only one. Kelly, yeah, there's got to be one of those board meetings. I'm pretty sure you're the board only one. I've, I've never, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever went crazy. Yeah. yeah. No. No, <laughs> I haven't gone crazy I'm either. Right? Tell about yeah, right. right. But, I mean, you do have to understand these guys are in the heat of the moment. True. Uh, it's yeah. aggressive. The uh, adrenaline is pumping true all is on the line i i you know in that regards i can't blame him because i i could see myself having a meltdown yeah in well, the nfl yeah well i don't know but if does I, that make it right it doesn't make it okay. right thank you okay. for okay. correcting you're, you're welcome. <laughs> and that's the point it's not right but i'll say back when i in my racing days there were a lot of guys a lot of drivers that i raced with that got into fights oh, and yeah. i knew how to stay out of those because i knew i mean when the race is over you're all going back to the same place and yeah I tried to keep my nose clean yeah. all the time. I had a few guys mad at me, but it never came to blows or anything. So yeah, well, I've always been very passive. Yeah, and, it's yeah. a good way to be. So yeah, you know. that's why I'm your daddy, Kelly. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> all right, next one. I think I'm just gonna break my mouth over <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> all right, Colin Kaepernick. Next uh, up, controversy uh, as well. Colin Kaepernick was the guy who <laughs> led the whole kneeling for the flag, and he's been, uh, you know, anti-cop. He's what done everything from, yeah. you know, wearing the pig socks to all these kind of things. Very yeah. controversial wherever you might stand. Obviously, I, I'm not a kneel for the flag guy, personally, uh, due to family members that have fought and died for sure. that flag, etc. And I think it... Uh, I don't think he represented his cause very well overall, yeah. is that what I would say? If he's really about this cause, I think he's done a very poor job of representing it at yeah. times. Or what are you protesting? I just know that you're kind of, you know, doing these very controversial things. Yeah. Anyway, so Colin Kaepernick, he's been saying that he wants to play in the NFL and they're not giving an ample opportunity. I do think there's validity to that. I think that the NFL has blackballed him or as others have said whiteballed him uh, if you will uh, in one sense I do think that's true because yeah. he's created all the controversy he sued the NFL they've settled together so why would you want to employ someone who has that amount of animosity towards your organization I think it's pretty simple right yeah. I, I don't think it's a so much even more race thing I think it's like we don't want to deal with the 
the, the circus. We yeah. don't want to deal with the thing. So anyway, Colin Kaepernick, they throw together. We're going to let you have a workout in front of all 32 teams in Atlanta. Yeah. They're going to be there. Here's your shot. I think that was a PR stunt on their part to try and play the game, if you will, so they can get it overseas. We created an opportunity. Well, then we get up to Saturday where it was going to be leading up to in Atlanta. The last hour, Colin Kaepernick won't sign a waiver because it's different from the typical waiver. Then he now, which he is a PR stunt because clearly he had already predetermined he was already going to do that because they had fans with t-shirts already at that venue that he changed at the last hour so then only seven nfl teams show up etc etc so colin kaepernick then he gives a little speech i'm ready we're ready etc etc i think it's all at this point basically garbage i think it was a a pr stunt on his part i i you know he's he's becoming irrelevant in the nfl and and Mm -hmm. i think he's on the you know, the decline as far as being where people are talking about him, you know, and I think it's just another way for him to try to yeah. get it to where people are talking about him. What, what do they always say? Uh, um, something about bad press is good is good press because yeah. they're at least talking about you. So yeah. I think it were, that's where it falls in for him. I saw the uh, a quote from the former Secretary of Defense, James Mad Dog Mattis. Oh, and he was it. saying – that anybody that's going to take a knee to the flag yep. or disrespect our flag should be required to spend two years in the United States military at minimum. <laughs> at minimum. Yeah. That, that might cure yeah. a little bit of their. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's football. You play a game. And that's I'm right. not putting them down. I mean, they're, they're amazing athletes, but yeah. you're playing a game. Uh, and it is making a lot of money for the owners. It's making sure. a lot of money for, for everybody. But you know what? Play the game. Don't bring your politics right. into it. You mm-hmm. know, just you know, if 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 it's something that's passionate on your heart, there are other ways, other outlets. That's yep. right to do it. You know, and yep. and so you need to find those ways to do it, and don't bring it into your Amen. game or your club or or whatever. Yep. And the reality is, again, if you just look at it from an analytical football side of things, yes, he did play in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. with the 49ers mm-hmm. versus the Ravens when yep. the Ravens won that year. But you got to remember the last time he was on a football field, he got benched because he yep. wasn't playing good. On top of that, he has not yep. played for three years. His I don't care if you're lifting weights every day. When you're not on that field, there is yep. a difference in play. I'm yep. sure his skills, and even they said uh, a lot of anal- the analysts that were there, you know, he looked. He didn't help himself, even in terms of his throwing and things like that. Right. Looked okay. Yeah, you can throw a football, throw yep. hard, yep. throw pretty far. But uh, you know, skills are diminishing. I just think that's the simple reality. We brought in, as we're talking for the show, Connor McGregor, these guys that they lose relevance, Mm -hmm. hasn't fought forever. Oh, I want to come back in the fight game. I would not, uh, as much as when he was in his moment, was kind of exciting to watch. I wouldn't put money on on him at all, nor would I with Colin Kaepernick. If you threw him back in the game, I'm sure he would be discombobulated. He wouldn't be a great quarterback. Yeah. There you go, Colin Kaepernick. All right, let's touch on one more thing. We're going to dive into some spiritual talk today. Uh, And this is a little bit of spiritual talk, but the whole Kanye West thing's blowing up. Ah. We're believers. We're followers of Jesus on the show. We love Jesus. We love seeing people get saved and set free. And so, uh, you know, we've talked about this take on Kanye West because it's a hot topic in the world of Christianity. Is this real? Is it fake? And then last weekend, he goes on Joel Steen, does shares on the Sunday morning, yeah. does a concert on the Sunday night. Where are you guys landing now in the whole Kanye West, Kanye West conversation up to this point? Well, I, 
I'm not going to call him a Paul because he's he's right. not a Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Paul when he <laughs> when he crossed over when he said yes to Jesus, yeah, uh, the Christians were like. I know this guy, yeah. you know, he's yeah. one that yeah. held the Good coat, point there. you yeah. know, and, and so they were, they weren't sure really where he was at, you know, mm-hmm. and so there had to be a, um, well, there was some conflict, but there had to be some approving ground, really, yeah. and uh, ultimately, you know, he had to go go on and do what Jesus had called him to do, kind of away from the other guys, yeah. you know, and stuff, really couldn't get along with, with them because there's still... Maybe some resentment and maybe jealousy a little bit. I yeah. don't know, um, but you know what? I like when John the Baptist asked his guys, "Go ask Jesus if he's really is he the one, or should I look for another?" Yeah. And the report come back to him and said, uh, "The blind, the blind, yeah. Yeah, the blind are, are seeing; they can see. Uh, people are getting saved. Mm-hmm. You know." And so. With with Kanye, I, I hear that there's a lot of people that are that are coming to the Lord because of him recognizing Jesus as his Savior, and and he has a lot of influence. And uh, you know, Jesus can use a man yes. like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I I'm 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 nobody to judge anybody. You yeah. know, I'm just saying, <laughs> look, look at the fruit. Look, yes, the, yeah. and don't look at the man, but look at the fruit and see what's what's being produced. Well, re- he's getting ahead. it done. I mean, you saw the video where he went to the the prison. The prisons, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. say that men that was and awesome. women's prison. I mean, it yeah. was great. To, yeah. The outreach. I mean, these guys are on their knees, and he did, you know, salvation call. And yeah. I mean, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I, and you know, he's gonna reach people I'll never reach. That's right. You know, yep, and same and here. I'm gonna reach people that he's not gonna yes. reach. Yeah. So hey, we're all part of the body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So. I think the biggest, I would say, and it's not even really a Kanye thing, I would say this has probably happened with other people who have been popular or famous that have become a Christian or a, put themselves under that umbrella, if you will, is to yeah. make sure that it doesn't become kind of cultish, if you will. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're following Kanye, you know, like, yeah. you know, just remember, mm-hmm. hey, you're following Jesus, yes. not Kanye. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and Kanye, just remember... You're not Jesus. Yeah. You're following Jesus. That's right. And you're helping us. I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? Right. That would just yeah. be my as po- uh, advice as a pastor. Just be like, man, keep doing it. Like, step in. You know, you have, like I said, you have influence and you have an opportunity to use that influence for the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen. Just make sure and keep them first. Yeah. Keep yeah. humbling yourself. Yeah. Uh, you know, put put the right crew around you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's got to be hard to do too, though, because I know that, you know, it's, it's no different. I mean, it's someone as who's, pure and holy as Tim Tebow, uh, you know, everybody wants a piece of him yeah. in the Christian realm, not, yeah. not the yeah. secular right. worldly, although people want a piece of him too, yeah. mark his marketability and things like that. But it's funny how, like said, when people like this get saved, all of a sudden we want, everyone wants a piece of them yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. for our gain, yeah. Yeah. for our advantage. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, if I get Kanye to come to our church, oh, oh, if we get Tim Tebow to come to our church, oh, you know, and, and, yeah. and we start putting a lot of trust yeah. and faith in those people. Right. Well, and, and, we got to remember he's just a man that's right he is just he's just a, man. a dude yeah. and um and, and more than likely because he's a man he's going to make some mistakes along yep. the way yeah uh as i make mistakes i, I probably made 10 of them right here on this uh, show today mm-hmm. but we've got to you know mistakes happen we got to look beyond that uh, and 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 
we're going to need to encourage him, you mm-hmm. know, uh, as a body. We need to welcome him, uh, and we need to encourage him, and we need to lift him up in prayer because literally thousands will come to, to know the Lord well, because of him. But he could also, in his mistakes, the church would be one sure. of the first to try mm-hmm. to do damage to him, which we shouldn't. You know, we, we're always tougher on our, on our own yes. than anybody else, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But we need to do that forgiveness. If should that happen, I'm acting like it's already going to happen. But it, like I say, I mean, we all make mistakes, and we need need to love each other and, and yeah. help each other. Well, and and now that he's in the news so much about his relationship with Christ, that has opened up so many other doors for other people yeah. to minister. I mean, I was watching, I think at the Y the other day when I was on the treadmill, the Fox thing was on in the morning. Mm-hmm. And Franklin Graham was on there, and yeah. they, and he was witnessing to those people on the news about Jesus. And then the yeah. one lady says, "Well, you know, I'm saved," and and she's an anchor on Fox News. I mean, yeah. how often would you hear, yeah, or do you expect to hear yeah. people talking about Christ on on a major news network like yeah. that? Never. Yeah. They always shut it yeah. down. And yeah. and like I said, I think now that Kanye is is where he's at. It's opened up so many other avenues for Jesus yeah. to, to move Amen. through. Amen. So. Well, and there's something else that we'll have to be praying for Kanye is that it's going to be odd to watch or, mm-hmm. or as far as what's Hollywood going to do with this. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, right. they're, they're going to turn on him like crazy. That's why I said, and they're, yeah, they're just going to they look for, right. for ways to Especially destroy him. Especially when he messes up. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And I know his, he's married to Kim Kardashian, who I saw a quote from her. Well, I'm, I'm embracing it, and I'm glad it's making him a better. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of stresses on multiple ends from. So is, is she Christian, too? Uh, the, I, I don't know for sure. That, that comment, yeah. I mean, what the, I yeah. just said yeah. just made me think. Right. Maybe not, but they, because right. then we need to pray for their marriage. That's right. You know, as far as that goes, mm-hmm. because they can be tough. Because if she's not and he is, I mean, she might get to the point where she's like, okay, this is enough. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. Yeah. and I may be reading way. Too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. we don't know. So I'm speculating. Yeah. So yeah. we got your back, Kanye. Come Amen. on to the Amen. MCD anytime that you want. We'll encourage you. We'll give you some great spiritual advice because we, man, we got it here <laughs> on <laughs> the MCD. Never With ends. that in mind, let's uh, go ahead and thank our sponsor. We'll dive into some spiritual talk here on Modern Christian Dads. Hi, my name is Jeremiah Johnson. I am the host of Grace Point Daily and the Modern Christian Dads podcast. But most importantly, I have the coolest job of being the lead pastor of Grace Point Assembly in Carthage, Missouri. Our church is about helping people discover a relationship with Christ and your purpose in Him, connecting other followers of Christ together in relationship and living out the mission of God. Why don't you join us for a service next time you're in this area? For more information, service times, and our address, go to gracepointag.org. We hope to see you soon. All right, we're going to get into some spiritual talk today, but we forgot to mention as we cracked open those nice ice-cold Mountain Dews, we're drinking the Merry Mashup, the Holiday Limited Edition. Guys, give your hot take on it. Well, I I feel a little guilty because we haven't had Thanksgiving yet. Uh, and so we're already starting in on Christmas, and I've mm. I've always had this hard fast rule: yeah. Thanksgiving first, <laughs> and then we go into the Christmas yeah. time. You know, but yep. uh, um, it is pretty tasty. Yeah, it is pretty good. Uh, yeah, cranberry pomegranate. It, tastes, it reminds me a little bit of Code Red, not exactly, yeah. but yeah. it's yeah. kind of along those lines. Better than the Liberty Brew. Yes, that was, yes, I would agree. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that was a one can yeah. only. <laughs> that was it. All right, so here's where we want to go today. I know that sometimes I'm Greg hangs out with me a lot, so I'm a little repetitive in some of my content because you I'm think. trying to get content all the time. So I, I'm only one man, okay? Just one man. Uh, so I, I, I shared this today. We have a group of pastors that meets uh, on a regular basis, but this is so good, and it really pertains to dudes. It's a great dude story. But I listen to podcasts. We're pod, we, are a, we are a podcast, but I listen to podcasts and there's one I haven't listened to for quite a while. It's called The School of Greatness with the Lewis Howes. I'll put the, this link in the description, and I want you guys to go listen to this podcast. It's amazing. But it's regarding this guy named Chad Wright, okay? And he is a Christian, which is awesome. This is a secular podcast, if you will, but he has Christian people on there. He's had Bubba Watson, who's a Christian, Chad Wright. He's had preachers on there before. Uh, so he'll, he'll bring Christian guys on there. Um, but anyway, it's kind of overall secular podcast. Very inspirational, kind of Joel Osteen would love this podcast. Oh, so sure. anyway. Shout out to you, Joel. And uh, anyway, so he interviews this guy named Chad Wright. He's, I'm going to kind of give his quick story, but it's an hour long podcast, but it's amazing. So he's a guy, he is now uh, a former Navy SEAL and he's an ultra runner, uh, which means he runs like 100 mile, over 100 plus mile races and mountains and stuff. Kelly Stevens, you would definitely connect you know, with this guy. You know what we're talking uh, about. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I've been there. You hear those fans, I mean, cheering for Kelly Stevens in the background. Ladies, if you would see him in person, you'd really be cheering uh, even more so. But <laughs> Or so, screaming. Right. So anyway, Chad Wright, he's a former Navy SEAL. Uh, he's now an ultra runner doing all these kind of things, has a company and podcasts, et cetera, these kind of things. But anyway, he starts off as just a normal dude. He's not an athlete. He's not in sports, doesn't do any of those kind of things all throughout his growing up. It's, I mean, yes, he ran, but he didn't do it like on the track team, never swam, any of those things like that. And he graduates high school and he basically is going to become like a construction guy. He's in a small town, going to work construction. And he begins to get into that job or that phase of life. And all of a sudden he becomes very dissatisfied. He's like, man, I, there's got to be something more to this than just being a construction guy in my local town for the rest of my life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. for him, he just felt that there was like something more. And so he's scouring the internet and he finds the Navy SEAL program. And he's like, wow, I want to do that. So he's like, I'm going to go try out. Well, he begins to try out every week for the Navy SEAL program. Now you can do it more than once and he, uh, you can fail more than once. So he failed for over four months every week and you can test once a week he would go back every single week determined to pass the physical fitness test that you got to take to start boot camp so after four over four months he finally passes the physical fitness test then that gets you a contract to then go into the boot camp if you will not doesn't put you in the navy seals right. just to the boot camp so he gets to that point through four months he learns how to swim run develop skills, etc. And now he gets to boot camp. And boot camp in the Navy SEALs is very hard. You know, it, it, it's the hardest of the hard hard. I mean, you got to be the man uh, to do that. And the front end is, is a lot harder than the back end from his point of view. And uh, because they want to break you, they want to break you down. They, they want to see if you can really hack it. And so in the Navy SEAL program, there's a bail, uh, a bell, excuse me, mm -hmm that if you quit, you have to ring the bell and you got to let everyone know, everyone know that you quit. You willingly quit and step away from the program. Well, anyway, he makes it through the duration of the boot camp and is ready to graduate and step into a Navy SEAL. He then gets a call into the medical team or program or people, whatever, saying that there was a problem in regards to some of the medical examinations that they had regarding his body, et cetera. He then goes in and finds out that he has a cyst on his heart. He then goes back into the office of the main Navy SEAL guy, figures out, hey, sorry, um, this cyst that's on your heart, we think that if you would go too 
deep into the water that it would burst and, and you would die. And so, um, sorry, thanks for, thanks for your time. Wow. And so he said that you're done, you know, no explain, no, you know, you're, you're done at that moment. Like you don't get a second chance. You don't, etc. So he walks out of that office broken hearted Cause this was his dream. He set all of his hopes, aspirations and regard to this. He goes back home and everyone thinks, Oh, you must've failed. Like you didn't make it. Couldn't ha- handle it. Goes back to doing life as normal. Uh, but then he was determined. He, he, uh, basically says I was young and naive, naive enough not to accept or to take on that no. Uh, but so then he goes out and he tries to find a, a doctor that would do the surgery to remove this because he was in the Navy. He wanted to figure out, hey, can't you just do surgery? And they're like, no, we can't do that. We won't allow that. So he eventually finds a doctor who's willing to take a chance and perform the surgery to remove the cyst, which he said there's now medical journals regarding the surgery because it really hadn't been done before and he couldn't find anyone to do it but he found a doctor who was willing to take a chance and to do the surgery the surgery is successful he goes back to that same officer that booted him out or rejected him and said you're no longer the program he welcomes him back in he makes it he now becomes a navy seal he spends the next 12 years years of his life being a navy seal accomplishing the dream then he steps out of being that and then he begins to be an ultra runner and all these endurance and skills kind of thing just amazing story and so i know that's a real short take on it but i had a few things that i really pulled away that i think are so vital and i was sharing those pastors but i think this is great for men and just for us as spiritual men of god anyway is the first thing that i wrote down was that we need to find people who believe in your dream as men of god so what had happened this guy you know he he goes through the program, he finds out he has this cyst, he finds out that like he is not going to be able to do the program, you know, like the dream is dead, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And now everyone, uh, there's no way to, you know, to pursue the dream anymore. What do you do with that? And so, but he found someone who would believe with him, who said, you know, we can do the surgery, I, I can do this, I can do this, I'll take a chance, I'll take a risk, because I think I can do this and get you where you need to be physically. And how important is it that we find people in our lives who will believe with us and for us for what God has put in our heart, our dreams that we have? Um, you know, we'll say this sometimes, you know, as a Christian, be careful who you hang out with. Well, I want to be a little controversial and say, be careful the Christians that you hang yeah, out with. Make sure that you hang out with Christians who believe in you, believe in your dreams yeah. that elevate you, that lift you up. I shared two, uh, two stories real quick. I'll let you guys dive in here. But number one, when I went to Utah, when I first came there, I was a first time senior pastor. I was excited. Uh, you know, like, yeah, let's revival. Yeah. Let's see people one for Jesus and all these kind of things. I remember I went into this pastor's meeting and it was like pastors who had been in the area 20, 30 years. And I know they didn't say it overtly or out loud, but I almost felt this kind of vibe like, you know, Jeremiah, don't get all excited and come in here thinking that like people are going to get saved. Just, just calm down. Just calm down. Like just, just, just exist in the normal. Like don't believe God. You know, I felt like that was the vibe. And you know what? For the next six years, I rarely went to that pastor's meeting anymore because I'm like, I don't want to be around those kind of people. Yeah. I don't want to put myself around people who don't want to dream big. And when I express a dream or something that I think God wants me to do, cast a negative word over that. We're going to talk about that in a second. And so I was like, I don't want to hang out with those people. Yeah. I'm not going to put those people in my life. Uh, and then the second story is, uh, is, uh, um, you know, people just, just, you know, it, that, that, that was, and then the second one, just the whole thing of just putting people in your life that will believe in you and believe in your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. You guys take on that. 
Well, I, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about uh, Joshua and Caleb. You know, yeah. uh, ten spies went went over into the promised land, and all of them come back with no's and negatives and uh, reasons yep. not yeah. to do it. But they those two uh, said, "God is with us. We can do this." And and so they they teamed up together and. Uh, uh, also re- reported that with uh, Moses and was like, we can do this, uh, you know. So uh, you're right. You got to hang out with the right people. And I, I, I just naturally, I think when I'm around negative people, I try to, I, I try not to be there. I, I just yeah. Yeah. look for ways to get out because I, you know, <laughs> there's enough negative in my life to, yes, you know. So I, I need, I need somebody to build me up, you know, and uh, see see things in me to be able to say, you can do that. You got this dream. Let's see how we can make that happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, I believe that I believe God gives us those dreams, but after that is going to come the test. Yep. You know, what are you going to do with that dream that he put in you? Yep. Um, just as a good example, when I was living in South Carolina, the place that I had worked there, the whole three years we lived there, the Lord told me, when I went there to just check it out, like when, as soon as we first moved there, don't work here. That's what he said. Don't, you don't, don't, I don't, I don't want you to work here. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to go another direction then. And then I had a change of mind. You know, it was like, I don't know. I was in a situation where I really needed a job and, and I, it was, it wasn't urgent, but I needed to be doing something. And that opportunity was still there. And I went for it and I, and that's where I worked the three years I was there, but I was miserable. Yeah. I really was. And the whole time I was there, I knew God was speaking to me. I'll get you out of here. That was my dream was to get out of there someday. Yeah. And time <laughs> goes on. One year passes. Two, year pa- two, two years go by, and you're thinking, okay, this is going to happen someday, right? Yeah. And then I get the call to come here. And it, and it really did come to pass. And it, and it's, but there was a testing period. Yeah. yeah. You know, I never gave up faith, and I never gave up hope that it was going to happen but I, you know, I just kept, I set my eyes on, on that dream on that. You yeah. Know, so well, let me, let me throw this in real quick. Uh, our Bible study uh, group, uh, we are, uh, the chapter we're on, uh, is talking about, uh, creating an Ishmael oh. and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, God, Jesus gave the, the, uh, promise to Abraham, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, spoke, spoke, spoke this into being this you're going to have a son you know and and it was a long period of time abraham was already old but Mm -hmm. it was a a long period of time and so eventually it's like well maybe maybe god needs a little help with this you know and and so they make a poor choice and (laughs) and really this we're still battling this ishmael mistake Mm -hmm. you know kind of thing uh so when God gives us a promise, we need to wait on Him. He's the one that said it was going to happen. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and Amen. so, I mean, we need to do what God wants us to do, but we should not get ahead of Him. And I, I, I was telling this the other day in my uh, Bible study group. I created an Ishmael several years ago when uh, he had asked, you know, I, I felt like I was really going to be moving forward in the restaurant business. You know, yeah, my business right. is going to, and. Uh, Rather than waiting on him, you know, and praying about it, when this other opportunity come up, I'm like, that's it. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I really didn't even discuss it with my wife. I was just like, 
we're we're moving, you know. <laughs> we're right. we're going to uh, we're going to another state and everything and it wasn't in God's plan. Mm-hmm. And and things happened. You know, it was just a it, it become bad. I just seen all this all this problems uh, happening in my life. It wasn't the dream. I was trying to force that dream to happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, we got to be careful and not make an Ishmael mistake. Well, know? yeah, I mean, in the culture we live in now is instant gratification. Yep. I mean, really, if we want something, we really don't have to wait that long for it. If right. we if we <laughs> want to go out and do it ourselves, right? We really, right. really don't. Right. Whether it be, I mean, you can get a loan for almost anything. Um, you, you know, I mean, everything is readily available now. But but you're right. I like the example <clears throat> of creating our our Ishmael. Yeah. yeah. Couple more for you here. I love this. I, this was my favorite one. He talked about this concept of pick a tree. So he's an endurance runner. You know, runs 100 mile mile plus races. And so the natural question a lot he gets from a lot of people is how do you how do you do that? Mm-hmm. How do you run for yeah. over 100 miles yeah. without stop? How do you do that? You know. And he said, I pick a tree. You know, he's like. I, I see a tree up ahead, and and I say, okay, I'll, I'm going to get to that tree. And once I pass that tree, I pick a tree. Yeah. I, okay, I'm going to make it to the next tree. And he's like, he's it's just these little goals yeah. over and over again until I get to the finish line. And I and speaking of that instant gratification, I was talking about that in terms of like the church or church life. Yeah. Even for me, sometimes you're looking at this dream or this vision, yeah. and you want it to happen all at one time. But the reality is, it's probably going to be a series of small goals that lead right. you toward. Mm-hmm that vision and towards that dream it's not just going to come in one fell swoop it's not going to happen overnight and so pick a tree you know even right now maybe there is a dream a vision that you have but what's the tree what's the little step that you can start taking now to inch closer towards the dream inch closer towards the vision instead of just thinking it's just gonna magic jesus prayer wake up tomorrow and it's just all there that's good Yeah, yeah that's very good so I love that concept. Just pick a tree, and along with that, uh, he, he just great points. And he's a Christian. He's I, I'll have to link his podcast as well. But he talked about the steady state. So he said, as an endurance runner, it's very he, he loves this. Whoa, uh, he loves this part where. Um, that's Jesus calling, right? We always say that in church. But he talked about where, as an endurance runner, you get to this part where it's you're out there, and he's like, and it's just painful, mm-hmm. uh, and and. You have no other choice but to just keep going. Mm. And he calls it, and he said, I actually love that feeling. He's like, I now live for that feeling. And he called it this steady state. It's like, you just keep going. You stay focused. You keep doing it. You know, and we talked about this a little bit on Sunday about how as a Christian, a follower of Jesus, running the race, you know what? You wake up day, you run it. You keep running over and over, faithful, consistent, focused, over and over again. It's the steady state of our spiritual walk that we keep gutting it out day after day after day when we feel it, when we don't feel it, when the high is there, when the high is not there. We just keep going. And I tell you, guys, we have to do this as followers of Jesus. We have to keep that steady, consistent walk with God. I love there's a guy I listen to uh, on sports radio, Shannon Sharp. Uh, whether it be LeBron James, these guys are consistent. It's just consistent, steady. You know, greatness is not one thing. It's just being steady and consistent in all these areas over and over and over and over again. And man, I was like, man, I wanted that steady state in my spiritual walk, doing it over consistently again and again and again. And then here's the last one. We'll wrap up on this one. I think this is mind-blowing powerful. And I know that we know it, but it's the power of the spoken word. So he shares a story as he was a... Navy SEAL, 
that uh, one day one of his friends comes up to him and he says, he said he could see him walking up and he had that look of discouragement, of defeat. And he said, he walked up to me and he said, I just don't think I can do it. Mm-hmm. And he said, the minute those words came out of his mouth, he said it wasn't but a few minutes later, he walked over and he rang the bell. And he talked about the power of the spoken word in our life. And this guy was a Christian. So mm-hmm. he said, listen, the power of the tongue, the book of James, mm-hmm. yeah. how it's a rudder, it guides and courses, yeah. correct yeah. us. And he says, you know, it, it, the moment he released those words physically, yeah. it's when it was all over with. Wow. And so I think, you know, I, I and I said, man, I think I was on Pastor's Day, we need to rebuke and really challenge each other in regards to that. You know, Kelly, you and I are leaders in this. Well, we all three of us are. But, you know, sometimes we can get discouraged in the church. Yep. Uh, maybe things aren't happening or flowing or blowing up or however, and we can begin to say things or speak negative. And he was like, don't do that. There's power. There's power in the spoken word. Don't release something that you don't want to be released. I don't mean to throw a pastor under the bus, but I was thinking today as I was sharing this, uh, a pastor who um, said, you know, he got got a new youth guy in and the youth guy was all excited. And he was like, oh, I want to have a youth outreach. And, you know, I'm believing for 25 kids and you know, the, the senior pastor is yeah. kind of like, oh, you'll never get that. Oh. You know, and yeah. it's just like, man, don't say that. Yeah. Don't say, don't release that. Don't speak that. And so I want to encourage you uh, as a follower of Jesus in your own life, but even in your local church that God yeah. puts you in, don't be a negative person. Right. Don't speak. There's power in the spoken word. Yeah. You know, there's power when you, you know, um, I should probably preach this at our deacons and our staff and be like, guys, there's power in our words. So yes. um, we don't want to be fake or, you know, sometimes we have to have real talk or conversation, but guys, our words should be uplifting and powerful. Yeah. God is going to move in my life. God is going to move in our church. Yeah. Great things are coming. Right. Greater things yeah, are right. coming. God is moving. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you think it sounds like self-help, Joel Osteen stuff or not, but it's true. The power of the spoken word in our lives, we have to declare the positive and not the negative. And I shared one other story of a, a revivalistic preacher, preacher, John Kilpatrick of the zoo, uh, not zoo street. That's way a long time ago. Uh, but the Brownsville revival, yeah. I read one of his books and he just talked about before that revival, he kept walking around the sanctuary in his prayer time and say, Lord, thank you that you are going to move. Lord, thank you that that worship, that stage is going to be filled with amazing worship team people. And because his, his thinking before that was like, Oh, there's not enough people here. Oh, I wish there's more. Oh, I wish we had a better worship team. Oh, I w- and he, he he was speaking the negative. He's like, I had to flip that. I had to start in faith proclaiming what I believed God was putting in my heart. Yeah. And when I did that, that released something completely different. So, man, the power of the spoken word in your life. Yeah, Runners do it. Yeah. People who aren't Christians do it. Yeah. Self-help people do it. And they, they, what they've really done is they've latched onto a biblical and powerful truth. That's exactly right. That there's power in the spoken word. Yeah. Well, David said, I had to encourage myself in Amen. the Lord. You know. Got to. So, and I, you know, I, I have to say, I, I've been guilty of, of, you know, at times of, you know, saying those, those words of defeat and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But, you know. There is power in the Word of God, and there's there's power in in speaking faith, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd encourage all you uh, modern Christian dads out there to uh, speak faith. Amen. Greg, last thoughts? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we declare that over your life. Thank you Amen. for listening. Yes. 
Go get yourself a nice uh, limited holiday edition of the Mountain Dew. Merry Matt. Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys next time.